Hello, my friend. Welcome to another episode of Deciding to Win. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm your host, Reginald Nsoma. I'm an aerospace engineer with a passion for youth leadership and mentorship and the founder of Future Ready Africa. In each episode, we bring you an inspiring personal message to inspire you, motivate you to win in life. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Deciding to Win podcast. And today I have a very special guest. Um, yeah, I think... He's someone I've known for quite a while now, and we have kind of similar backgrounds. We, <laughs> we all like have it. military backgrounds, went to the same high school, did engineering. One of the remarkable things is that when I got selected for the Mandela Fellowship, I went to the institute, the university that he went, that was uh, Virginia Tech in Virginia. Oh, yeah, that's so, true. so a lot of similarities. <laughs> yeah, and then Most we're all born in the same. same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all born in the same. <laughs> You know, they we all have the same uh, Ghanaian name, Kweku. So yeah, it's kind of good. Yeah, it's good. So and I'll leave the rest for him to say. So Kweku, welcome to the podcast, and I'm glad to have you. Thank you. It's really an honor to be to be on here. You know, I've heard a lot of good stuff, and definitely excited to be you know to be part of it. So looking, I've been something I've been looking forward to. So I'm, I'm glad to be finally on here. Yeah, that's great. Um, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about your background? I know I mentioned some few things, but I think mm-hmm. you can go really deep into it. Yeah, so definitely. Um, so first of all, I go. My name is Koiku. You know, Koiku.com. I go by KP. Right now, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I focus mainly in real estate, but I also dabble in e-commerce. I have a tracking company, a janitorial company, and also a real estate property management company. So like Reggie said, I was in the military. I was in the U.S. Army, you know, finished as a captain, and then went straight on into entrepreneurship, like full-blown entrepreneurship. You know, so my focus really, like I said, is real estate. And I'm very, very, very big on leadership. So a lot of times I do contracting for various companies where I do leadership training and development too as well. So that's all in a nutshell <laughs> to make it like my resume, quick resume right there. So I say, I guess, long story short, I'm into real estate and also in le- into leadership. Wow, that's yeah, great. That's I, amazing. I yeah. definitely do enjoy talking about mindsets, you know, about finances, you know, because I feel like that's something most of us lack in is finance, right? Most people, I'll, I'll say no matter how much education you have, you can still be a financial literate. So it's something I try to teach people and help people about, you know, investing in all this, those things to help provide, I guess, better lives for people. So that's something I'm super, super passionate about. Um, I enjoy to travel. <laughs> it's one of my hobbies is traveling. You know, I'm trying to, I try to visit like two to three new countries every year, you know, and I love to read and just learn and help people out. So that's, that's a little bit about me. Wow, that's great. That's great. I know you way back from high school. So first of all, the decision to join the military, how, how did that happen? I didn't see you as somebody who would join the army. <laughs> you know, no one actually did. And I didn't see it myself, to be honest with you. Um, so when I came to the U.S., you know, I went to Virginia Tech for college. And I just needed to do electrical engineering. I didn't think I'd be in the military. I didn't think I'd be an entrepreneur. Just, oh, go be an electrical engineer, get a good paying job. But then whilst I was looking more into it, leadership has always been something on my heart, right? So my granddad was a big leader in his organization before he passed out. He's somebody I looked up to, you know, so he's somebody I always got inspiration from and I liked his leadership style. So it was something I was always trying. So I kept reading leadership books, you know, trying to take leadership courses. And then I realized that one of the easiest, not the easiest way, but the best ways really to get into leadership or, student, or to learn leadership 
was through the military. And that's actually what led me into the military, just to learn the lead, to hone on my leadership skills. It's not to be like a badass person. It was really just to hone on my leadership skills because first of all, I really feel like leadership begins with yourself, okay? If you can't lead yourself, you can't lead anybody else, really, right? So yeah. being put in those tough situations where you have to make those hard decisions to learn about yourself, you know, to know your limits, you know, I feel like that is the basis of learning about yourself. And learning about yourself is also going to help you be a better leader, you know. So me being in the military was more of a way to build on that leadership aspect of mine and really see how far I could push myself and do something really bigger than myself. And so that's how I ended up in this. I started in the ROTC in college, and then right after college, I went to officer school and then became an officer. Wow, that's great. Now, the things you learned in the military that's, you know, helped you in your journey, what are some of the, the core things that really, that you really got out of your stint in the military as an officer? So I'll say, first of all, values, right? Having your own personal values to live by, okay? Because when you're in the military, and you probably know that, but you have your chain of command, right? And yeah. you have people telling you different things to do, you know, people give you... Yes, you have to listen to your chain of command. But if you have those values, sometimes you can stand down like, hey, this is not something I believe in. Let's, con- let's consider doing this other way, you know. And they're human beings, and most of them will actually sit down and actually reason with you, you know. So I learned that. Second thing I really learned, which was more of a shocker to me, was how much our body can take, right? A lot of times, our mindsets limit us, Yeah, you know. You know how to say you're stronger than you think you are? You really are stronger than you think you are. You know, people will tell you that, oh, you can't go 24 hours without eating or drinking water. Then you get there, you're going like 96 hours without food. You're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> you can actually do that. <laughs> you know, you get into, so your body does get to survival mode, but then you're fighting every day. You know, um, it showed me the importance of prioritization, you know, having priorities in life. You know, you have to plan every day, you know, plan your week, plan your month. Plan your year, right? Because there's one thing we said a lot is failing to plan is planning to fail, right? And yeah. that always resonates with me. So like financial, and it's really every aspect of your life, right? Financial planning, life planning, life plan, like, you know, relationship planning, <laughs> you know, people don't think about those kind of plans, but I feel like planning as a whole is important in every single aspect of your life. Even like your life, your work, worthy life with God, actually, really. Right. You yeah. plan to plan to fast, plan to read the Bible, plan to pray, you know. So you really yeah. plan. So that's something that I really learned about the importance of planning and that we sometimes we limit ourselves with our mindset. Right. And that's something we have to learn to overcome. Right. To grow. Because you're always gonna have the hardships. You're always gonna have your down moments, right? But if you have that resilient mindset, that's actually one thing I was looking for, like resiliency. You know, something I learned in the military, how to be resilient, right? You fall down, you have to find your way back up. You know, it's going to be rain, but you still have to be, act like it's, it's, it's sunshine, right? You're not eating in four days, but you still have to act like you ate two, two hours ago, especially as a leader, because you have your soldiers looking after you. So you, you have to be tough for them, you know, and that's something, that's something I learned. And I feel like that's something that has really had a big impact on my on my life, my career. Wow, that's great. Now, I know um, U.S. Army is... A dream for a lot of young people, especially coming from Africa. I mean, you get in, especially you that uh, became an officer. What made you decide to say, hey, I'm done? You rose a level of a captain. I think you could have gone on to major, lieutenant colonel. But what made you get to the point where you said, okay, I want to 
take a new challenge or what made you decide to take that decision? So going into it, I knew, like I said, I wanted to do it for just a short period of time. Right. So my initial plan was okay. to do it for four years. I get my, my first like, captain and I'm, you know, first lieutenant really now be out. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like that's where I got my most leadership experience. That's where you get broken and actually grow up again, learn your leadership experience. Right. Yes. Yeah. You get to major kernel. It's still leadership on a larger scale. Right. Yeah. I do want to lead big organizations in the future, but yeah. as a captain, you're still leading like 100 soldiers, right? That's it's good for me. And I knew that I was also getting to the point in my life was a pivotal moment for me where I wanted to get out and do something bigger than myself, right? My dream was always to be an entrepreneur, to help people out, to be a philanthropist, right? And the military was limiting me, right? So yeah. I couldn't keep doing it because it was being a big limiting factor for me. So that was my moment where I'm like, okay, you know what? I think I've learned what, all I need to learn. Now let me go on and do what I actually want to do, which was the real estate. And that was the first thing I did when I got out. I have seen, I'm obviously also in the military, in the Air Force. I've seen a lot of people who leave the military and they don't do well. Some of them make poor decisions after, some don't prepare yeah. to, to transition. And I know even a lot of militaries have built organizations and even support systems to, to help people mm -hmm. you know, move smoothly. So for you, yeah. how did you prepare to to have a smooth transition, you know, into civilian life, especially into entrepreneurship? Yeah, you know, and it, it, I like that you brought that up because actually, I think it was a statistic that I think 70% of U.S. military personnel that get out actually become homeless, which is yeah. crazy, right? Because they treat you all this discipline and stuff and you get out, you become a drug addict and all that stuff, you know. But like I said earlier, failure to plan is planning to fail. You know, most people yeah. fail to plan because they think they have everything. Oh, yeah, I'm the military. I can put on my resume and then I'm good. But then you get out and you learn real quick that that's not the case. Okay. So when I wanted to get out, I knew that I had to position myself, right? I had to get myself yeah. ready emotionally, ready mentally, right, to get out of it. Okay. So like a year before I God, uh, that's when I started looking more into real estate. I started reading books. I started attending conferences. I got training courses, right, to prepare myself to be ready for when I got out. I started taking more financial courses to understand finances outside the military. Because once you're in the military, everything is easy. You have your, your housing paid for. You get food stipends. Most of your travels is free, you know. So you get out of it. And you're like, oh, shoot, I'm paying all these taxes now. I have to pay for my house. I have to pay for my rent. I have to pay, you know. And it's a big transition, right? But I think what helped me personally is having one, a plan of what I wanted to do. Like I knew what I wanted to do when I got out. And two, having that support system. Most people don't have a support system. My support system yeah. is one, my faith, God. God is the basis of everything for me, right? And number two is my family, right? My sister, my brothers, my parents, you know, they are, I think, those two are literally made me what I am today. God and my family. Yeah. You know? So for me, it was having that plan and having that great support system and know what I wanted to do when I got out. That's what made the whole transition period easier for me. I'm also happy that, you know, you moved into real estate. I'm obviously, I mean, you know, Ghana, I live in Ghana, though currently I'm in, I'm in China. Um, but I hear a lot of um, financial people talk about a lot of podcasts, um, real estate, real estate, real estate, mm -hmm. e-commerce, real estate. And people say they lost money. People, you know, 
talk about crisis. So how were you able to get into this and become so good? Are you even teaching people how to to, to do the right investments in, in real estate? How did that happen? <laughs> so I, I love to learn, right? I'm a, I'm a good man. Yeah. I love to learn, okay? And real estate, like any investment, is risky. Stock market is yeah. risky. This is a safe It's still risky. You can lose your money in the stock market, right? But yeah. the thing is having the right education, you know? Yeah. A lot of people think real estate and think it's just buying a house and that's it. Real estate is huge, right? Besides yeah. just having like commercial, your residential, industrial real estate, even during your residential, right? You still have like different re- rental strategies, right? You have your sub to owner finance, your creative finance, your midterm rentals, short-term rentals. It's super broad, right? The place most people feel is they don't know what they want to do, right? Yeah. What I say is pick one niche, learn it, as much as you can and just focus on it, you know? And that's how I started, right? Yes, I did lose a lot of money, but I also made a lot of money. And it's like anything, right? I'm a risk taker. I like to take risk. So I yeah. had, I read a book called Rich That Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. And yeah. basically that book talks about things that obviously rich people do and that poor people do not do, right? And one of yeah. the way he, one of the things he mentioned in amassing wealth is real estate. You know, yeah. and I was like, from the yeah, I know I want to be wealthy. I know I know the yeah. life I want to live, right? I want to be a kingdom financier, right? I know the life yeah. I want to live, right? And I knew real estate is going to be one of the ways to get there, you know, because every, almost every billionaire in history owns a lot of real estate, which is crazy, right? And yeah. from Harrison Ford's time, even like Napoleon, like Napoleon Hill even talks about real estate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. a time, and it's it's been tested, right? So that's yeah. what made me, that what piqued my interest in the first place. I was like, huh, let me look into this, because a lot of people that I look up to are big on real estate, you know. And I yeah. learned a lot. I learned from people. I read. I used to read a lot of books. I'm still read a lot of books, you know. And they all talk about real estate. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is something I should look more into. So I got into it. First three six months, I was totally lost. Totally lost. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Yeah. But then as time goes by, you start learning, right? And I believe that you learn more by taking action, right? Yeah. So I remember I used all my savings. And this is a funny story, actually. So my first house I bought, I'd just gotten out, right? And I read the book, Richard yeah. Poor Dad. I went to a real estate conference. I got super excited. Then I took all my my savings from the whole time I was in the army, from college. I went to buy a house. I made it for wow. my down payment. Bought this four bedroom. It was a beautiful house. Beautiful house, right? I bought this four-bedroom yeah. house. I remember I went home and I was like, shoot, how am I going to make my monthly mortgage? How am I going to pay for it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, that was a, well, that was a terrible, I, I didn't plan for it, right? But it's one of those things that you don't plan and still ends up being beautiful, right? Yeah. So it made me think outside the box. I'm like, hey, okay, I already have my apartment uncomfortable. This is a four-bedroom house. Why don't I try renting out the rooms? So I went on yeah. Craigslist, put a room like, hey, you know, room, um, I think shed room and you have your own personal bathroom. It has a backspace, has a patio, blah, blah, blah. And I kid you not, in 24 hours, I had 17 people reach out to me to apply to it. And I was wow. like, oh, yeah, I was like, okay, I guess it's going to work out, you know. <laughs> it's working. And then I rented out by room, you know, and then that's how I got started, really. Just taking that leap of faith, you know. There's something called analysis yeah. paralysis where... Yeah, people want to take that first step, but they keep analyzing it so much that they freak out, right? And that's yeah. something I try not to do. 
I don't try to get, yeah. I don't get an, I, I start doing that. I figure out how I take the action that I figure out how later to make it work. And that's how yeah. I do most of my businesses that my investments. Cause like I said, I love real estate, but like I was, I mean, e-commerce, right? I do FBA, yeah. I do Amazon, I do Walmart dropshipping. I'm into crypto. I trade crypto a lot. I trade Forex, I trade stocks market, right? Whoa. But all these things, the more you do it, the more you get, you understand it, right? And you can't always play safe in life. You, you have to take that risk, yeah. right? Yeah. And that risk, I call it calculator risk, right? Yeah. Take that leap of faith, but also make a calculator that, yes, you're moving on faith, you're taking that big risk, but even if it fails, you should still have something to to fall back to, right? Yeah. You should, yeah. So that's really how I got into I just got out and I took that big leap of faith to get into it. And then whilst I was in, I just started learning, you know? Wow. No, that's I, great. And I still learn every day. You know, I still learn from yeah. people every day. I'm still learning different niches every day. Um, I'm still taking... Mm courses, conferences, you know, right now, um, I meant my real estate mentorship group has like 50, I have like 57 people I mentioned in real estate, you know, I, yeah, I have like 57 mentees in real estate. I have 70, 72 or 73 and in just investing in general. So it's stocks and in stocks, crypto and real estate, you know, but, and that's what I tell people every time, just take that risk, right? Take that step. Right, and you make mistakes. You make mistakes. The market is going to crash at some point. You lose money at some point. But as long as you're smart yeah. about it and you shield yourself and you protect yourself, then that when the market drops or that hit comes, it's not going to hit you that hard. Some things are innovative. I'm not even going to lie. Some things are innovative. Yeah. Like COVID, no one yeah. knew COVID was going to come. Right? Yeah. Boom. You have COVID. No one is paying their rent anymore. Now you're struggled. But what will yeah. help you is if you think you always think smart. Okay. Now, because I'm a trader, I always have that mindset that not everything is going to keep going up. At some point, it has to drop before it goes up, right? Because that's how the market moves, yeah. right? It moves in phases, accumulation, you know, distribution, accumulation, distribution, right? So I'm like, every time, and this is just real estate, okay? Yeah. Trader, it, it applies to everything. But I'm putting money in, but I'm also prepared for the worst to happen. Yeah. You don't know how bad the worst will be, but at least I'm protected some at some point in the worst. So, for example, when yeah. COVID happened, you know, for the first six, seven, eight months, now my tenants were paying rent because they all lost their job, right? Yeah. A lot of investors were screwed. They had to foreclose on their properties, mm. banks, right, before mm. the government kicked in. But I was lucky because I planned for worst case scenarios where I had money and reserves per property. So when even they weren't paying me, I was still able to make my payments, yeah. you know? And it's just that planning. Like I said, planning to fail. I mean, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? Yeah. So Contingency, go, yeah. Exactly. Have your contingency plans, right? And that's something you learn in the military to yeah. your contingency plans, right? You can't have enough. Yeah. Because usually your plan A will literally will mess up as soon as you take your first step. <laughs> you have to put your yes. plan B and yeah. plan C, right? All your contingency yeah. plans. So really, you know... Um, I don't say there's a way. I don't say there's a way to prevent any losses. It's inevitable, right? Just like failure is inevitable. I actually like failure, which is sounds crazy, yeah. but I always see failure as a stepping stone to my next level. If I do something, and I fail at it. It's my time to okay sit down, see what went wrong, how I can do better, and come back better and stronger. That's what I see every time, you know. So people are like, oh, I don't want to lose money. I don't want to fail. Blah blah blah. 
but it's really innovative. You you have to. It's like paying your 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 dues. Yeah, you have to be funny at some point. But if you're smart, you always make it back and more yeah. than you lost. You know. So that's yeah, how I, I see it. Like, I, yeah, I think these are very good insights, and I think that sometimes, telling growing up in Africa in Ghana, you know, when you've had a whole lot of very bad experience with poverty, especially you look at your parents and how we are conditioned yeah. about taking, you know, it's like, you know, get an engineering degree, do aerospace engineering, join the military, become a medical doctor. And it's like, you get to that point where you are stuck. You may have to, you may read some books, listen to some motivational speakers, but when it comes to taking that step, there's that, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. how, do you, how do you overcome that? Because there are a lot of young people who are in that who are in that situation right now? I mean, I think it's it's normal, right? Self, especially like that whole self doubt thing, right? Yeah, a lot of people struggle with imposter syndrome and self doubt, right? And yeah, I really think it's self doubt is normal, right? Especially among certain yeah. entrepreneurs, right? But I'll I'll say the key to eliminating or overcoming self doubt is actually to acknowledge it, understand yeah. its root, right? And yeah. then move forward in spite of it. Okay. So for okay. a lot of Africans, right, the root of self-doubt is the poverty we grew up in. Right? Yeah. The limit we have a lot of limiting beliefs. We have we have a lot of superstitious beliefs too. Right. <laughs> I remember the first time because yeah. of the superstitious beliefs I grew up in. You know, when yeah. I, I got out, I, I wouldn't even go on social media or post anything on social media because I didn't want people to see. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I destroy my business, right? <laughs> Those limiting beliefs, yeah. right? But then I had to acknowledge it, right? I had to acknowledge yeah. it and see, okay, this is what it is. And how am I going to overcome that? Right. And the same thing as self-doubt, right? Acknowledging what it actually is, right? And then understanding its roots, why it is affecting you. Most people don't take the time to understand the roots of, of things, right? Yeah. A lot of things that we are going through right now is things that stem from our childhood, things that we saw from our parents, things that we're exposed to yeah. in our childhood, right? So having the time to actually understand the roots and how to overcome it, I think is key, right? And I'll say one if I, that I use, one strategy I use when it comes to self-doubt, because there's so many things like, okay, what if I fail? But what if you don't fail? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. seeing the glass half full and or half empty kind of thing, yeah. right? So I like to empty. see it half full every time, yeah. you know? But what I do really personally is I, to ref- I like to reframe self-doubt, right? Reframe the whole notion of self-doubt as a form yeah. of internal feedback, right? And not a verdict yeah. on, on my abilities, right? So what I mean by that is being able to distinguish between constructive criticism, criticism, right? Yeah. Which obviously helps you grow, yeah. right? And yeah. um, what's it? Debilitating doubt, right? Which holds you yeah. back, right? I love criticism, but it has to be constructive, right? Because that's what's going to help me grow, yeah. you know? So yeah. I did that internal criticism of myself that, okay, I've done this before. I've been through worse. What's the worst that could happen? You know, I know I can do it kind of thing. So it's more of a lot of self-talk to myself, positive self-talk and positive affirmations that gets me through things, right? And another thing I'll say is the pool you surround yourself with, the environment. I always say the environment you're in really has a big impact on you, right? Yeah. So if you surround yourself with with pessimistic people, eventually you're going to be pessimistic. Mm -hmm. People that don't have to take action, eventually you're going to stop taking action. Right. So yeah. I always like to surround myself with people that are like minded, people that are way ahead yeah. of me in life. That's where I want to be. You know, so I can always learn from them. And they also help my I'm like, okay, if this guy did it, I can do it too. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? 
And that yeah. always, I guess, gives that positive outlook, if that makes sense. So yeah. I would say, like, you need a supportive community, right? My support system is my family, right? Yeah. My family will give me 100% transparent feedback on anything I'm doing. I'll talk to them. And this is my, like, yeah. I think it's good, but you might probably consider this way. You know, most yeah. of them are not into entrepreneurship, but I like to see their different viewpoints. Yeah. You know, like one of my yeah. brothers into, is into finance, one is into medicine, one is my sister is in law, you know, so they all have different mm. overviews, but I still like to get that impact. I mean, their feedback, right? And then I criticize that feedback and see how it's going to benefit me or not. You know, so I'll say really acknowledging it is number one, right? Finding yeah. the roots of it is number two. And number three, having that strong support system to keep you going, you know, and it doesn't just have to be family or friends. You can get mentors, right? Mentors yeah. can give you, excuse me, they can give you that support, right? That push to keep going, right? So like they can be, I say your sounding board, right? They can be your sounding board. Yeah. They can help you assess whether like your concerns are grounded in reality or if it's merely like a product of fear, right? Truly, okay. Yeah. You have every right to be scared or if it's just you just making things up in your head really you know should I even go to my niece for advice sometimes <laughs> she was nine I'm like hey, what do you think about this <laughs> so I can't think you do it I'm like great and that's actually how I started my cleaning company actually it's for my niece she wow. gave me the idea <laughs> you know Whoa. so you do it and you just start taking those, those small steps um, steps towards your goal you know it's going to be tough but eventually you know the more you do it the more confident you become you know, and there's a saying we used to say in the army, action breeds confidence, right? Yeah. So the more action you take towards something, the more confident you become. In it. And that's one of the ways to eliminate that self-doubt. Wow, that's that's great. Um, I mean, we can go on and on. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're on this real trip. Um, yeah. I just want to talk to you about financial education. I think you are really big mm -hmm. on it. I've seen it a lot in your articles, taking leadership, yes. you know, about your finance. I mean, you are speaking like a finance expert, but you are coming from an engineering background with Ohm's law and Faraday's law and all those things. So, so, so how important is it, especially for professionals, like young African guys and young African couples who really want to break the cycle of poverty? You know, when you are coming out from Africa or in the developing country, there are a whole lot of people you need to support. And sometimes you mm -hmm. just can't be okay. For yourself, you because can't. you have cousins and nephews and nieces that you need to send them money at the end of the month. So how how, mm -hmm. how important is there, and how did that, you know, what's what are some of the things that you did that that really took you from just being middle class, average, lower than that, just being an average worker, depending on yeah. you know paycheck to paycheck yeah. to the other level. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that really was an eye opening for me was actually understanding financial freedom, right. For the longest yeah. time, I thought financial freedom was having great wealth, right? Having amassing wealth, right? But then you realize that wealth is subjective yeah. and it's time-based, right? It's really subjective yeah. because to somebody, having $10 million in their bank account is wealthy. To somebody, having $5,000 is wealthy, right? So how do you define wealth, really? Right. Yeah. But then I yeah. saw it as it's more of a resource, right? That true financial freedom is really about control. Yeah. Right, having the means to live the life you want yeah. without any monetary constraint. So if it's having ten thousand dollars and you can live the life you want, then that's financial freedom for you. <laughs> for somebody, it's fifty thousand, right? But once you understand yeah. that it's not just that yeah. money, but like having that control, right? It changes a lot of things, right? 
And then going deeper into that, you know, like I yeah. said, financial education is a, as, a, is, as a whole, right? Understanding how money works, right? So what yeah. I'll say is understanding the basis of yeah. personal finance. Right? One thing they don't teach us, even in schools, in Ghana, anywhere, is finance. They don't teach you personal finance in school. They don't teach you how to budget yeah. in school. They don't, you, they don't teach you money management, right? Yeah. But the basis of any, like, yeah. of any, I guess, financial breakthrough really is being able to budget. You need to know how much you're making, how much is going out. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm budgeting, you know what I'm making. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a sad truth. Yeah. People don't budget. You need to have a personal budget yeah. and live by that personal budget. Mm. Right? And budgeting is tough. Yeah. Budgeting is really, really tough. So you having to send money to your cousins and your family, it can be part of your budget. Okay, I'm going to give 30% to my family. And let them know, like, hey, I can't give yeah. more than this. This is my budget. And stick to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. because once you do yeah. that, right, if you want to amass true wealth, you have to invest passive income, right? Invest into the yeah. re- into real estate, into stocks. You have to invest, right? But before you invest, you need money to invest. And before you know how yeah. much you can invest, you need to budget. <laughs> so you know how much you can actually yeah. truly invest, right? Yeah. And before you can even know what to invest, you need that financial education, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's like a whole circle, right? And one thing leads to another. So I'll say number one is the budget, learning how to budget, right? Number two is, like this, that's what it's said, knowledge is power, right? Yeah. You need to learn the basics of personal finance, which also goes back to yeah. budgeting again. So budgeting is super important, yeah. right? <laughs> And number two is not being afraid to take action. Yeah. Right. People, if you play too safe, you never make it. You have to take that risk. Yeah. Right. Get that investment. Yeah. If it's even like five dollars a month, you're going to invest in S and P five hundred. Do that. You might not see anything, but it's going to compound. Right. And they say, well, compounding yeah. is the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because you don't see anything that first month, second month, third month, but six, seven, eight, nine, ten years from now, you're going to see the gains. They're like, oh, well, you'll be glad you did yeah. it. You know. So mm-hmm. what I'll say is. Understand the how to bu- how to budget. Understand the basis of personal finance. Invest and then learn money management, right? And second thing is, so I'll say all that is financial education. The first thing, all the things yeah. I just said is yeah. falls under the financial, financial education, education bucket, right? Yeah. The second yeah. part is living below your means, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't mean like deprive deprive yourself from anything, right? But rather mm. be mindful of your expenditures and avoid unnecessary debt yeah. right yeah. you can use debt to make you money and you can use debt to get more broke <laughs> right yeah. that's why you call good debt and your bad debt I, yeah. I love debt I love that like <laughs> I don't want to last I bought a house or a property with my own money how is yeah. yeah. I go get a loan from a bank a, a private lender and then when I rent yeah. it out the tenants are the ones paying the loan down for me you get what I'm saying yeah you know car you know i'm gonna buy a car i'm gonna buy a car that will pay me right so you buy a car mm. i rent it out on Turo to drivers driving and the yeah. car is paying me that is good yeah. debt right bad debt yeah. to be getting a loan to go buy shoes <laughs> get a loan to just yeah. travel for no reason you know what i'm saying yeah so yeah you should know how to use good debt and bad, like good debt to your advantage or use debt to your advantage really right but also be mindful of your your spending right and yeah. what one thing that can be can help you in that aspect is budgeting, right? Because you know how, yeah. what you're actually spending on, you know. So that's why budgeting, I think, is the basics of financial freedom, right? And what I will say is obviously investing, right? Invest wisely, right? You sh- I want you should understand the power of compound interest, 
that every yeah. little investment you make can grow significantly over time. It doesn't matter how yeah. much it is. Every little investment grows, right? So invest into something. If it's Bitcoin you want to invest in, that's fine. But something you're comfortable with, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to break the bank. It really doesn't have to, yeah. right? Something's $5 here, $2 here, $1 here. Just maybe skip lunch one day to just invest. <laughs> skip lunch one day a week. <laughs> and use that money to invest in something. You can say, but investing is very important, right? All these people, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, they are all big investors. You know, yeah. they, they invest a lot in the stock market, right? And yeah. I'll say the next thing you should do is diversify your income streams, and yeah. that's one of the ways to, you know, like the market downfall, like when the market yeah. goes down, the downfall of the market. A lot of times, either stock market is dropping, real estate is going high, really. Yeah. Right. So you should have a hedge, you know. So you diversify your income streams. Do not just rely on one single source of income, right? Yeah. Explore. There's different a lot of side hustles you can have: e-commerce, digital marketing, content creation. Like so many side hustles you can have, that will give yeah. you income, right? So that's diversifying your income sources, right? Try to get real mm-hmm. estate if you can should do uber whatever it is like there's so many side hustles and investments that you can do but what i tell people is focus on the passive income you want to make money yeah. once you're sleeping that's the goal yeah well yeah. once you sleep you can be on vacation you're not allowed to travel like you'll be on vacation yeah. and you're still making money like that is <laughs> that, that should be the goal you know so because yeah. there's active income and you have your passive income active income yeah when i stop working is i'm done but passive income yeah i can choose not to work again for the next 20 years and I'm going to make that money every single month Yeah. unless God comes you know what I'm saying <laughs> so you should always yeah. focus on those passive income streams right and yeah. once you grow the passive income then that's when you can create systems right you get to people start mm-hmm. hiring people to work for you become a business owner right but that's the goal you want to be yeah. in a situation where think the decisions are being made without you being there you know, like yeah. when I first started my real estate business, I had to do everything myself. I had to call sellers yeah. myself. I had to go bankers myself. I had to go to closing table myself. But I grew to a point where, oh, maybe, and not to blow my horn or anything like that, but like mm-hmm. I'll be at a meet on a Friday night with my acquisition manager. Oh, we could just close on five properties last week. Oh, great. Yeah. I didn't even know we were looking at these properties, you know, and that's the point I want people yeah. to get to. You yeah. understand where decisions, important decisions are being made that is actually helping your financial future without you being yeah. there. Because at the end of the day, yeah. the goal is to create and build generational wealth, right? And that's actually one of the reasons yeah. why I go into real estate too, to build generational wealth. Where I want my children's 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 children to still, you know, live good yeah. lives for my hard work, you know? And wow. I guess the last thing, the two last two things I add is, like I said, planning for your future, right? So you always yeah. want to review and adjust your financial goals, right? You want to consider yeah. long-term plans, like your retirement, right? How you can ensure yeah. financial stability for yourself, right? And with us Africans, the last thing I'll say is we have to be greedy at times. Yeah. We really have to be greedy at times because it's so easy that people are there and they're like, oh, you're in the States, you're out of the country, you're making way more money. But they forget it's also... A struggle here too, right? Yeah. Like making money is actually tough here too, right? In any country you are, <laughs> you're in. You know, it's yeah. it's hard in the world like African country they had, it's also hard abroad, right? But sometimes you have to be greedy, you know, yeah. and be like, hey, 
maybe I give you, let's say, $100 every month. I can't give you $100 now. I'm going to give you $50. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, you know, and you invest the other $50 into something, right? Once it grows, yeah. maybe you can give them more. But if you're just going to give, 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 and you don't have anyone filling your, at one point, you're just going to be empty. And that we have nothing to yeah. give. And you see it's 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and you don't, you don't have anything because you gave out everything, everything you had. You know? Yeah. So sometimes you have to be greedy for yourself and for your, fa- your future family. You have to. I give a lot. But when I first started, I'm like, hey, I, can, I can't help you out. You know? Yeah. And even now, I, mean, I still will invest in people's businesses and people's stuff, but I need to have a hmm. concrete reason not, to know that I'm not just throwing my money away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's hard. It's really hard, especially for the, Af- the African culture. When somebody mm-hmm. asks you for money and like, oh, I don't have, they'll be like, wow, really? They'll think you don't want to help them out. But they don't truly understand yeah. the situation you're into as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you know. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. Um, you know, just about wrapping here, quick. I just want to find out about um, what made you come out more to share your story. I know you have a book out there um, on Shackled. You spoke earlier about a coaching program coming out to say things that, hey, I was able to cross over, you know, to become a millionaire. You know, sometimes it's not usual for us. Sometimes we hide our success <laughs> because of some of the things you said, superstition and you, you being excused to be proud and braggadocious and all that. So what made you just come out to say, hey, let me help out people. Let me let me blog out. Because a lot of people are not doing that, you know, mm-hmm. also. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. So it was a, a lot of things led to it, right? So first was me coming out of that superstitious mindset, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but okay, because God has blessed me a lot. And yeah. I feel like my life is a testimony, right? So if I'm yeah. hiding in plain sight, I'm not really showcasing a testimony, God, you know, that's number one. Number two, a lot of people are struck. They want to make it, but they don't know how. Yeah. You know, so you talk to, I go to conferences a lot. I'm at these conferences and they're like, they have all these excuses. Oh, I'm an international student. I, I, I'm, I'm international this, you know, because I'm, and literally it's a big thing. Oh, because I'm black, I can't get financing because I'm this color, I'm this race, yeah. because I'm a woman, you know. So me coming out there is a way to let them know like, hey, we, we can go against the norm. We don't have to yeah. accept the norm, right? We don't have yeah. to limit ourselves because it's all about mindset. You know, and I'm big on mindset. Yeah. A lot of people have that yeah. limited mindset, you know, but yeah. at, you have to develop that winning mindset and people, yeah. that's what people struggle with, you know? Yeah. So me deciding to come out and write out more is to let people know, especially our people, know that anything is possible. Yeah. Every dream that you have is possible, especially awesome. people that pray. You're Christians, like, it's possible. <laughs> Right, because yeah. you can pray, 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 but if you're not doing the actions, they're not going to... I mean, God's mercy yeah, is great, but work. then, you know, you have to yeah. still put in some work, you know? Yeah. So me coming out there is to help people and be like, it's possible, you know? And I also had a lot of people mm-hmm. start reaching out to me, like, especially during COVID, you know, like, hey, yeah. I want to get into research. I don't know how to do it. I want to trade. I don't know what to get into, you know? So it was like, and that's how the mentorship started. It's like, okay. I'll spend an hour on this a call with this person. The next day, hey, a person will call you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do a mentorship, you know? Yeah. You just, we'll do like weekly calls where I share things with you. We all share ideas and we grow. Like trading. We trade every Monday, every Wednesday, every Thursday together, you know? Every Saturday, usually, usually on Saturdays, I have my real estate meetup events and we talk about real estate, you know? So 
it made it easier for me with the coaching to help more people, right? And my goal and my hope is that the people that I'm helping will go out to help other people. Yeah. You know, to achieve those dreams and those goals, you know, because there's so much potential out there. We have, we all have so much potential, but we really have to unlock and unleash that potential, right? And it really all starts change. It really all starts with changing our mindset, right? A lot of people have that limited mindset, but I think we have to change it from lim- limiting to that winning mindset. And that's what I'm trying to help help people do. That's why I write, even with my blogs, a lot about, about yeah, leadership and mindset, right? Yeah. A lot is about because I think it all starts with your mindset. It really wow. does. Wow. Yeah. That's great. I mean, before we go, I think you've been someone who has been able to maintain your faith. I think out there, there are a lot of temptations and a whole lot of things that is going on. But I see in your email and signature, what God cannot do does not exist. How, how have you been able to, to, to go with all this? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when you start seeing wealth, a lot of people, the first thing they do is that they forget, you know, they forget their faith. So how have you been able to hold everything together? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's tough at times, you know. No. But it's always realizing that I am who I am because of God. Yeah. You know, and God can decide to, hey, tomorrow, because you can think you're on top of the world and God be like, tomorrow, shoot, I don't know, you get like, I don't know, a stroke or something, right? Everything is gone. Yeah. You're fighting for yeah. your life now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So one time I made it a point to be or to do that, no matter how rich I am, how much I make in life, one time I forget is my creator because I am here yeah. because of him. And that's one reason yeah. I want to be out there, right? Because he's blessed me yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. yet I work hard. I work 17 hour days, you know? Whoa. Like the times, literally, like I'll be working, I work for like 17 hours a day sometimes, you know? Yeah. So I definitely do work hard, but God also blesses me a lot, right? Obviously, he gives yeah. me the strength and the help to carry forward and move forward, you know? But yeah. one thing I always make a point is to never forget my faith, you know? Yeah. In all things, give thanks. In my hard times, I'm in front of God. In my good times, I'm in front of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm always, always, always there. And like I said, it's tough, you know. Um, I, I do join a prayer line called NSPPD, you know. Yeah. So it's New Seasons Prophetic Prayers and Declarations, like the Nigerian pastor called Pastor Jerry is in. Mm-hmm. His time, sometimes it's 2 a.m. my time sometimes. Like this time that I'm in right yeah. now, it's like 2, yeah. 1 a.m. I mean. So it's 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Then you have your first meeting at 4, 4.30 a.m. I do my, I have my morning routine that I do. It starts at 4.30. So my journal and my yeah. prayers, right? So yeah. I have meetings till 11 p.m. So I'm going to bed at 11 p.m., waking up at 2 to 1 to pray. I'm not down to 3. Then I'll take a one-hour nap, and then before I'm starting work again. So it's tough, you know, but you oh. have to know that, that I'm here because of God. God made me who I am, right? Yeah. All reference has to go back to mm-hmm. him, you know? Yeah. So I don't think that answers the question much, but yeah, I know yeah, what God I mean, has for yeah. me, you know? And yeah. regardless of how much money I can make or whatever, I'd rather lose what, everything I have than lose God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing, because yeah. I know God put me where I am. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the right mindset to always to remember who He is and the, the, you mm-hmm. know and be a it's testimony. So easy. And I think exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's so easy. All right, quickly, thank you so much for your time. I know you know this. This is my very first interview with somebody <laughs> in the car on a road trip, but I think that I know, right? you have, dropped, have to make it. You've dropped a lot so. of truth there, and I think we'll definitely you know I, I think the whole podcast is about talking to people like you who are from Africa and then being able to overcome. So it's called deciding to win. 
you know, and, and I, like I was it. really, really happy. Yeah. To catch up um, oh. with you. And yeah. And I'll be excited to, to, to know what's coming up. I mean, the year is about ending. So, so what next? Now you have momentum. What do we expect more from Kweku <laughs> KP in the, the <laughs> from 2024 going? Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, right now I'm just focusing on growth, you know, yeah. um, I have a lot of projects coming up, you know, that okay. will be surprises for people. <laughs> wow. wow. I like that. You know, but I think I have a lot of good projects and projects you actually probably will really like on deciding to win. Wow. A lot of philanthropic projects coming up and actually in Ghana, Cameroon, great, in Nigeria, trying to work on. So, um, awesome. most of actually towards financial. And I'm actually, I guess I'll say, yeah. so one of the things I'm actually building is a financial education center in Cameroon right now, where we're going to teach Whoa. people about investing, about trading, you know, yeah. the financial markets, you know. Um, I'm testing in Cameroon. If it goes well, I'll take it to other places, you know, Ghana too as well. Yeah. The reason why I didn't start in Ghana Cameroon. is... Yeah, that's why I said, so the reason why, <laughs> and this sounds bad, this sounds bad, but I just wanted to start in Ghana, but everybody, everyone I tried to start with was just too money hungry. Yeah. And that's why I didn't like, you know, so okay. to, I know we don't have the much time. So basically what started was I had a pilot group of 50, 50 price to trade, all from Ghana, Cameroon, Nigeria, right? And what yeah. I used to do was I used to give them money every month, $200 to trade, $200 to trade. Yeah. And we'll do that trade sessions, right? And they kept losing the money. They go, oh, they go, oh, Uncle KP, we, we, can you guys send us money again? Uncle KP, I'm like, I'm not a bank account. I'm trying to help you guys <laughs> out, right? So it got to a point where I started weeding people out. You know what? You're not too serious. Yeah. I'm not going to help you again. You're not too serious. So when I was done, literally the 12 people that were left were literally all Cameroonians, all from Cameroon, Whoa. which is crazy. It started with more Ghanaians. Yeah. I think it was like almost 30 Ghanaians and like 15 yeah. Cameroonians and like 10 Nigerians. And which was very, very sad. I was like, really? You know, today's day, they'll send you a message, oh, Uncle KP, I need money. I'm like, don't call me Uncle <laughs> KP, first of all, I'm not your uncle. And secondly, <laughs> I gave you six months. And it's like, it was literally by a span of six months. I used to give every $200 each Whoa. person to trade with. Whoa. Then be like, oh, I needed to buy food, so I spent the money instead of food. I needed to do it. I'm like, it was trading money. You know? Yeah, it's trading money. Oh, yeah. they go over risk. They make like, they send $200 into like $1,000. They go over risk it and they lose everything. You know? So, again, we may be thinking, okay, I don't have that, I guess, dependable space in Ghana I can really use right now. Yeah. But the Cameroonians were dependable for me. So, they are the yeah. ones that helped me set up that institution over there because they were the ones that knew how to do risk management, their financial. So, that's why I'm starting it there, really. You know, I, if I had, I wish I could start it in Ghana. I really wanted to start it in Ghana, but I don't live in Ghana. You know, I don't have to yeah. have trained in Ghana yet, so it's going to be hard. At least yeah. I can do it in Cameroon. It actually works well. They always speak English, right? Then we can move to Ghana and train Ghanaians to, hey, you guys, you guys really need to think. Cause my, I think, I don't blame them. Because of the poverty there, you know, they think yeah. short-term. They don't have that long-term yeah, yeah, yeah. mentality, right? Yeah. Like, what is, we need now. No, or what can I do in two years from now with this money? Yeah. You know, but I do have a lot of projects coming up, though, which some are super exciting. <laughs> wow. Wow. We look forward some to it. Some are to... exciting. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we look forward to seeing that. Yeah. All right, then. So yeah. I think uh, uh, we can go on and on, but I think uh, we just need to stop <laughs> here for part one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, definitely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 
we'll come around again for for a part two where we maybe yeah. pick subject by subject and then and then go deeper. Yeah, yeah definitely we can go deeper. And sorry, I'm on the road. You know, I've been traveling all the, like since no, yesterday. No, no, no. And I feel like I'm on the right now, but um, but next time I'll definitely <laughs> no, no, make apologize. sure I'm, I'm more prepared. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, don't no, no, I think mm-hmm. I think sometimes um some of life's great conversations are the ones that you don't really have to prepare for it. It has to come from your heart. And I think that is true. Today you've spoken That's a lot from your heart. So I, I, I really appreciate the the value that you brought and, and and I think that all our listeners, including myself, who is starting out and investing, would would really, really maybe I'll join the mentorship program and, and be a shining <laughs> light for guardians. <laughs> Hopefully, I need yeah, one. I really need yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I really need yeah. one, and then, and then try and bring the the program because I think what I've also done ap- apart from this podcast is I've done a lot of public speaking engagements. In fact, in January, I'll be talking to final year students at the Takradi University. Oh, um, I'll be going to uh, to schools, universities, and then talking to them about. I don't really major much more finances because maybe I need more training on that. But I think mine is, you know, taking advantage of the internet, starting out things. Like I started a podcast uh, 2020. I was training with the Air Force in India and COVID happened and I was a foreign military officer there. So we were more under a lot of restrictions. So I was yeah. just there and I just felt that, hey, w- what can I do? So I had a a friend who invited me for her podcast. Um, she's from St. Kitts and Nevitz. Uh, and then she was like, Reggie, why don't you start a podcast? I mean, you're a good storyteller. You you want to help people. I said, okay. So, I mean, I started out like that and it was great. I mean, I've spoken to astronauts. I mean, like, you don't know where it's going to take you to. So I always go out there, tell people, that the young ones, help them with CV writing and, you know, digital skills training. I don't know. I've been pushing a lot of them. Um, EDX, Coursera, all those online courses that have, yeah. though you are in Ghana, you can afford to pay $14 or $15 a month from your salary to improve yourself yeah. and get Harvard education online. Education. So you don't really have an mm-hmm. excuse. And once you, you build up those certified certificates, a time will come where, you know, you can get a copywriting opportunity. No, for I, real. I, I mean, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> right now and i mean right now with the rise of technology and ai that's i think something Ghanaians really need to pivot and take advantage of especially yeah. ai you know yeah. um there's a lot of studies and research going that hey, we're going to start having like three and a half work work days work weeks because of ai yeah. right and yeah sometimes pivot i'm learning more about ai for my businesses you know personal daily life yeah. and i think that's it's Really, readily available to anybody, and I think that's something a yeah. shift going on that people need to jump on and understand how to use it and optimize it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's a yeah. conversation for another yeah. time, though. If I, once yeah, I get on the topic of AI, I'll never finish. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, quick. Thank you so much. I think we can go on and on. So I'm just uh, yeah. want to stop recording, and yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. Sounds for good. On. No problem. Thank you, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Congratulations on completing today's episode. I hope you were inspired. Deciding to win is a call to action. Not for tomorrow, nor next year, but for today, for now. We would like to hear from you. Reach out to us on Instagram and on Facebook at Deciding to Win. Share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you are inclined, please leave us a 4 or 5 star rating. Remember, you will win if only you decide. Love you all.